Welcome everyone to tonight's E and E training. This is the fourth training in our fall how-to series, and this is how to host a Matthew party. So this is probably a topic or a phrase that you're not familiar with, but by the end of the hour, you will be well aware of what Matthew parties are. I'm so happy that you could join us this evening. My name is Ali Carr, and I'm the Director of Special Projects at International Commission. And I'm the host for all of our e, &E trainings. I also assist with other trainings that International Commission has. I help host our fundraising dinners. I help with marketing and other just special tasks and events that International Commission has. But I love to hear from you all. So if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please feel free to email me anytime at allison.car at ic-world.org. For those of you who are new with us this evening, or maybe you're not as familiar with International Commission, we're dedicated to equipping and enabling believers worldwide to conduct church-based evangelism projects so that we can reach unbelievers and then make disciples. So everything we do is filtered through this vision and this mission of equipping and enabling believers. And so that's where we get the E and E in the E and E training. It's equipping and enabling training. And we do that through a variety of ways. We use different tools and resources. In fact, these are a few of our resources that we have, if you're not familiar. Um, in addition to the E and E training, we have an E&E &E show. So our director of media, he hosts the E&E &E show. It's about 45 minutes, sometimes an hour long with special guests. And it's less of a training and more um, of a Q&A style, interview style with special guests learning about different topics in the Great Commission and the Bible and how we can um, do this work of fulfilling the Great Commission. So if you're interested in the Annie &E show, you can head on over to YouTube and you can just type in International Commission. You can watch any of our Annie &E shows there. We also have a storytelling with purpose evangelism toolkit. Now, this is something really special that was birthed because of COVID, really. Um, we, we needed to continue this equipping and enabling work, even though we couldn't physically go internationally. And so this very special toolkit, as we call it, um, is filled with lots of different tools and resources, PDF guides, videos, in just different ways to share your faith, different ways to grow in confidence, to transition any conversation into a gospel conversation. In fact, we're going to hit on one of those tools tonight. So if you are interested in checking out what's in the toolkit at all, or a friend, your small group, or even your pastor, this is for you. It's totally free on our website, internationalcommission.org. And of course, we have the e, e training, which you're on here with us tonight. We've been doing these trainings for just over a year now, and we've covered a lot of different topics. Um, we're in our fall how-to series right now, but we've covered Operation Andrew, which is a resource that we use at International Commission. We've tackled how to share the gospel with different faiths. We did that over the summer. So if you want to check on any of our past training, you can go to Vimeo.com. So this is different from YouTube. It's Vimeo. Type in International Commission and you can find all of our past e, e trainings on there. And finally, we have a book. We have a very special book that was written by different staff members at International Commission and it's chronicling their different Different journeys that they've taken around the world. So if you if you love a good story about the Lord, you love reading testimonies and hearing about God's work that he does near and far, I encourage you to head on over to Amazon. That's where the book is located. It's called Global God, A Journey with God on the Great Commission. It's really exciting. So if you love a good book, it's under $10 on Amazon.
So we like to cover a few different questions before jumping into the topic at hand. And these might seem simple to you, or maybe these seem complex, or you don't really know the answer yourself. So what is the gospel? What is our role? And how should we share it? So what is the gospel? The gospel is simply the good news. And the good news is that God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, down to earth to die on the cross for our sins. And whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And the Bible also says that if you trust and believe that Jesus is Lord and that he raised from the grave, you will be saved. So that is the message that we want to share with with everyone for those who do not yet know Christ, who haven't committed their lives to them. It's the best news that we know, and it's the reason that we're here. So that comes to question number two, what is our role? Our role is, Jesus told us right before he ascended into heaven, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And of course, we have to teach them to obey everything that he has commanded. So um, that is what discipleship is. That is what he has called us to do, is to make disciples of all nations. And all nations is really, it's here. It's wherever you are. As you go, you are sharing the good news of Jesus, telling them how God has changed your life and how they can have a relationship with him and teaching them to obey what he has commanded. So that's the good news. And if that's our role, how should we share this good news? What is the expectation that God has for us? In 1 Peter 3.15, it says, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. And I love those last few words. That's what we want to focus on is gentleness and respect. We never want to intentionally disrespect anyone. We are not out to um, win an argument or pick a fight. We want to present what we believe in the truth with gentleness and respect. And so that is what we are here to do tonight. We're, we're going to be equipped and enabled to share this good news in a new and probably different way for you. I don't know how many of you on here have heard of um, Matthew parties or that phrase, or maybe if you even know what that means, but I'm so happy that you joined us here tonight to find out. So I'm always the host of our e, e trainings, but I'm so privileged tonight to also be your presenter. So thank you for having me. Thank you for being on here with us tonight. So just a little bit about myself that many of you may not know about me. Um, so I have served at IC coming up on three years in January. And before I served at International Commission and re relocating to Texas, where IC's headquarters was, I was living and working in Virginia, where I was born and raised, and I was an event coordinator and a recruiter. I hold a bachelor's degree in theater arts from Liberty University. That is actually used to allow me to serve him both professionally in the entertainment industry, as well as a variety of ways in ministry. So it's been really neat to see how God has used my um, gifts and talents and interests to lead me to where I am exactly today. I went on my first international short-term missions trip to Nepal in 2012, and that that experience alone really changed the trajectory of my life. And the following year, I went on a long-term missions trip called the World Race. And on the World Race, I went to 11 countries in 11 months. I, I served all over Asia, Africa, and Europe. And 
during that time, I served in practically every area of ministry that you can think of. If you think of it, I have probably done it in some capacity. And so since that time in 2013, I have been to over 30 countries, 48 states in the United States, excluding North Dakota and Alaska. So still working on it. And I have a huge passion for the world and different cultures and especially people. My life verse is Philippians 1.20 that says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my life, whether by life or by death. And then many people know the following verse. It says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So I love that verse. I always, um, I always pray that I will expect and hope to have sufficient courage to always proclaim the gospel. Um, and finally, just a few fun facts about myself is I used to work at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, one of my favorite jobs. Um, I have floated in the Dead Sea and Israel. And this past August, just a few months ago, I finally got to marry my favorite person in the world. His name is Trevor Carr. So for those of you who have been on the ENE trainings and notice a difference in my name, that's where it came from. Good old marriage. So thanks again for tuning in with us tonight. If you have any questions, please put them in the chat as we go ahead and get started. So I'm very excited to share about the topic at hand tonight, which is how to host a Matthew party, because this is something that I'm particularly passionate and passionate about and have experience in. I was first introduced to this concept just over two years ago during a discipleship community group that I was a part of through a church. Um, and Matthew parties is something that I think is just so brilliant and exciting. And it's just a very intentional way of sharing God's love with others. And I love the opportunity to um, host several in my home. So that's exactly what we are going to be talking about tonight. So you can see here, um, this is what you can expect from tonight's training. You're going to learn what is a Matthew party? What is the goal of Matthew parties? What are some requirements in order to have a good and successful party? What are ways that we can be intentional in this pursuit? I'll share some ideas for hosting. And then finally, we're gonna cover some potential obstacles that you might think of as we're going through this training. So let's go ahead and dive in to what is a Matthew party? Well, for starters, Matthew Party is an internal name only, meaning you would not go up to someone and say, hey, you want to come to Matthew Party or I'm having a Matthew Party. Do you want to come? Um, people aren't going to know what that is. They're going to have no idea what you're talking about. So I don't recommend leading with, do you want to come to my Matthew Party? Um, you could say it's a party with a purpose. People might also call it a Jesus party. I've heard it called a Jesus party before, um, but it's simply a strategic time of gathering with non-believers and believers for the purpose of fellowshipping and sharing life together. So don't, don't tell people you're having a Matthew party internally. Maybe you can tell people that are other believers that also understand, but externally you can call it something else, but it is the purpose of gathering believers and non-believers and this term Matthew party was originally derived from a book. I have it right here. It's called spiritual multiplication in the real world. 
Um, excellent, excellent book. If you want to dive deeper into um, discipleship and how Jesus actually lived with his disciples on earth and exemplify that in your everyday life, as we all should, highly recommend spiritual multiplication in the real world. Um, but really, it came from the passage in the Gospels. Um, we're going to cover Matthew 9, 9 through 12 tonight, but it's when Jesus dined with and Matthew and his fellow tax. So this is what the passage says. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. So I specifically chose this passage in Matthew, really because it, it calls him by his name, Matthew, but you can also find this in um, Luke 5, verses 27 through 31, where he's called Levi, also in Mark, in Mark chapter 2. Um, it's the same story of eating with sinners and disciples, and Matthew is called Levi. But I like the version in Luke chapter 5 because um, they call it a banquet with lots of people. And um, I'm personally an extrovert myself. I always like lots of people. And so I just find it is interesting that Jesus went to a banquet with lots of people. His disciples were there fellow tax collectors who were known as just great sinners in Bible times. And so that's why we call it a Matthew party, because Jesus said to Matthew, follow me. And he did. And then Jesus came and ate with the fellow tax collectors, sinners, and his disciples were there as well. So if that's what the party is, what is the goal? The goal is to exemplify how Christians love each other well and interact based on Jesus' command to love one another. And we want to share God's love with those in, attentive, in attendance by exemplifying hospitality, love, generosity, sharing the gospel, and even using your personal testimony. So that is what we want to accomplish when we host said Matthew party or Jesus party. Um, and in John 13, 35, I love this verse. Jesus said, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In the previous verse, um, people are familiar with, it says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. So that is the goal. We want to um, interact with believers and non-believers. And the purpose of bringing other believers with us is to show the unbelievers how believers love each other well, um, because that's what Jesus told us to do, because they will know that we are his disciples by the way that we love one another. So requirements to have um, a good Matthew party with the goal in mind. First is to invite like-minded believers. So this could be um, people from your small group at church. This could be your best friends, family, coworkers. And the reason that I say specifically like-minded believers is because um, believers, sometimes we can have um, different views or opinions on certain things. And so we don't want to, um, I want to, I want to put this um, in a kind way, but I, you don't want to stir up any sort of tension or, or anger or disagreements while you're having the Matthew party. So just think of people who are like-minded you in beliefs 
um, maybe in your stance on things so that you can um, just have a good time of fellowshipping without the fear or anxiety of something unexpected coming up that would, that would be a challenge during that time. So like-minded believers, of course, you need to have unbelievers. So these could be your friends, family. Um, if you have an Operation Andrew list, which if you're quite familiar with International Commission, you know about this Operation Andrew list where you write down the names of at least or up to 10 people who you know personally that do not yet know Christ and you take these steps to cultivate a relationship with them. So you can invite people on your Operation Andrew list. This could also be your neighbors um, or international students. If you live in an area with um, a college or a university that has an, an influx of international students, that's a great opportunity for you to invite them into your life. And the last one is intentionality. Now, this is a really, really big part of Matthew parties because not every party is a Matthew party. So your child's birthday party, or maybe even your birthday party, isn't necessarily by a Matthew party. Um, but fault it may not because the goal show them Christ's love through believers loving one another and and looking for opportunities to turn a simple conversation into a simple conversation. Now, if you want to have a birthday party that you are considering a happy party, great opportunity for it. But just because you're having a group over there that you have believers and believers, not by default. With intentional is you can hear a story that you recently read the Bible and tell them what, how it made you feel or how it impacted you and share a story or an example of how God helped you with that and intervene. Or you can share an example of how God answered prayer. I found that people, people are not super sensitive if any people are happy and like people are praying for them, they don't mind if you. So if you share an example with someone of how God answered prayer in your life, it's a great way to open up conversation. Ways that you can be intentional with your Matthew parties is you can schedule the party around a holiday, such as Christmas or Easter. That's, that's I can't think of a better opportunity because those are Christian holidays. Um, you can, as a good conversation starter, you can ask people if they go to church anywhere or if they worship anywhere in your area. I think worship is a good word to use because if they're um, Muslim or Hindu, yes, they might worship somewhere. It might not be a Christian church, but you can find out um, easily if they do worship somewhere where that is and kind of what they believe. If you have um, internationals at your Matthew party, you can ask them where they're from, ask them what country they're from, um, ask, oh, what's the primary religion of, say, Egypt, if they happen to be from Egypt, whether you know or not, um, it's just a good way to open up the conversation and learn more about them. And based off of what they say, um, they might say, oh, yeah, there's a lot of Muslims where I come from, or mostly people are non-religious. Then you can say, oh, well, were you raised non-religious or, or were you raised um, Muslim? Or, or, you know, well, what do you believe about God? I mean, I was raised in a Christian home. Um, how were you raised? So 
I've asked those questions before and no one is deterred by them. No one is offended by them. People are very willing and open to talk about what they believe and where they come from. And especially if they're from another country, it's, it's always a great opportunity to allow them to reminisce and talk about where they're from and their favorite memories there. So if you, if you know any international, whether students or neighbors or friends, um, get to know them and get to know their home country. I know they really appreciate it. Um, if you can meet a need in any way as you're having conversations with people, if they're having car problems or having problems with a family member or they're just really anxious about something, first, see if you can meet that need in any way. Um, and next, offer to pray for them. Just say, hey, I, I know you're feeling really scared right now over this thing or you have a big meeting coming up at work. Do, do you mind if I just pray for you really quick about that meeting? Or do, is it okay if I, if I um, pray a blessing over you and your family as you're going through this trial together? And people really appreciate that. It shows that you care. And if you can, I encourage you to pray in person with them. Um, and finally, as you are having this Matthew party and you're fellowshipping with believers and non-believers, look for opportunities to share your personal testimony. So this is, God has given us each a story to share, and it's really the story of how he drew us to himself. And so when we share our testimony and we share parts of our story, it's not to glorify us, it is to glorify God. And so we want to continue to put the focus on God when we're sharing our story. So if you are, if you've been on any &E trainings before, this might be a little familiar to you, but if not, this is always a great reminder. This is something that we teach and is also available in our storytelling with purpose evangelism toolkit. It's called the 15 second testimony. So this is a really, really great way to take what might be a 30 minutes long testimony of yours and condense it down to an elevator pitch. So this is really good because it gets the main points in there without having to go into a lot of details. Now, if people want to hear the details later, that's fine. But the point here is to say, there was a change in my life. There was a time when I was like this, then I met Jesus and I believe this about him. And now my life is like this. Do you have a story like that? Or have you ever experienced something like that? Um, I, I've used this 15 second testimony very easily in conversations that I have when I meet people for the first time. Um, you always want to start with, with, um, a statement. So there was a time in my life and you could say, um, I was angry or I was really greedy. I was selfish. I suffered with depression, um, because I was trying to find fulfillment in other things. So you can look at this list here and you can kind of create your own 15 second testimony. You can write this down super simple, just a couple lines before and after the cross two underneath. Um, but yeah, this is your, this is the way to share your story with people. So you can use those examples there. Um, and we always, again, want to focus on the gospel. So um, there was a time in my life when I was a very anxious and selfish person, but then I met Jesus who loved me so much and forgave me of my sins and died for me and is risen. And I decided to follow him. And because I follow him, I'm now filled with joy and I have purpose in my life. Have you ever experienced something like that? Or has that ever happened to you? Just based on the conversation, you can kind of tailor the wording um, to that person. But if you're anything like me, I became a believer at a very young age. So I don't have this big history of a time in my life before I met Christ. So what I do is I think of characteristics, characteristics in my life that um, kind of pop up when I'm not 
walking very closely with the Lord or um, particular sin patterns that I fall into. And so I know that like there are times in my life when I'm living for myself or when I'm not fully pursuing the Lord that my life looks like this. And so I have to rededicate my life to him and come to him and repent. And then Jesus fills me with joy and peace and purpose. Um, So that's something that you can take into account if you're like me and became a believer at a younger age. So as you're sharing the gospel with people, as you're sharing your testimony, as you're transitioning these simple conversations into spiritual conversations, you might experience four responses to the gospel. And I love this illustration because it's, it's based right on scripture. So I'm going to read for you Acts 17, 32 through 34. It says, when they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you on the subject again. At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was Dionysus, a member of the Aeropacus, also a woman named Damaris, and a number of others. Forgive me if I mispronounce anything, Um, but I love this because these are really four responses to the gospel that we see here in Acts. So as you're sharing the gospel with people, yes, you might encounter people who reject you, just as it says in verse 32, um, some of them sneered. So if you encounter rejection, hostility, um, defense, do not push it. Again, the point here is not to win an argument. It's not trying to force anyone to Um, You're not trying to win anyone over to your kind of thinking. So if people kind of put up a red light when you're presenting the gospel, show them kindness, bless them outwardly and in your heart, um, and just remember them and and keep praying for them. But you don't want to push anything on them. If they seem interested, like it says in, um, in verse 32, the people said, we want to hear you on this subject again. So they did not reject the gospel. They weren't fully committed, but they're like, hey, we were interested in hearing more on this. So if anyone expresses interest, please follow up with them. Don't leave them hanging. Either get their number, um, arrange another time to talk with them later. So you definitely don't want to leave anyone hanging. Be sure to follow up with anyone that expresses interest in the gospel or Jesus or even coming to church with you. As you're sharing the gospel, some might literally be ready to repent and believe. We really just don't know where people are in their spiritual journey. So we want to be prepared. If if you're sharing a story about Jesus and they are really interested and you ask the question, have you made this decision before? Or are do you want to follow Jesus? Don't be afraid. Um if they actually, yes, I I want to believe, I want to follow God because it does say in the scripture, verse 34, some of them became followers of Paul and believed. So this can really happen. And if that does happen, whatever the circumstances might be, be ready to begin discipling that person or get them connected with someone who maybe knows them better that can disciple them one-on-one. Um, be sure they have a Bible, they can get connected um, with a body of believers so that they can um, grow in what Jesus told us to obey in the word. And finally, if they're already a believer, if you're having a conversation with someone, don't really know where they stand in their walk, but you find out they're a believer, that's great. Train them, encourage them to live boldly for the sake of the gospel and to share their story, to share the good news, to not be ashamed of the gospel. So we continually want to have um, this, this lifestyle of prayer, evangelism, and discipleship and just living an intentional life.
Now we get to get onto some good stuff, some ideas for hosting your very own Mackie party. So one is you can have a seasonal party, which is literally with the seasons, a winter party, a spring party, a summer party, or a fall party. Um, growing up, my parents had a summer solstice party every single summer. That's the first day of summer. It's the longest day of the year. They would always have people over to our house and we would have a party. So if that sounds like something that's interesting to you, think about having some sort of seasonal party. Um, you can also have a holiday party, as we talked about earlier. Great holidays are Christmas and Easter. You can always think of um, the 4th of July as well or Memorial Day. So if you're a big holidays person, maybe that type of thing appeals to you. You can have a theme party, and I don't mean like a Halloween type of theme, but Depending on your interests, maybe you're really into the Olympics and you want to have an Olympic watch party or the Super Bowl, or if you like baking and you want to have a cookie bake and everyone comes over and bakes different types of cookies, or um, maybe you like reading or you're into a certain type of um, movie trilogy or saga of some sort, have a movie night. But again, we want to stay intentional in the purpose of hosting and planning these parties. Um, you could be into gardening ham radio, exercising. So just think of what appeals to you, what you're interested in and what the people around you are interested in. Because maybe, maybe you are really into, I don't know, maybe you're really into gardening, but no one else around you is into gardening. So if you decide to host a gardening party, because that's something you like, um, I don't know how many people would come. So just think about your circle of influence and what would also be appealing for people. Everyone loves food. Everyone's got to eat a few times a day. So dinner parties are great. You can have a regular dinner party where maybe you provide the main course and everyone brings a side. Um, I've actually been to a soup party before where everyone makes a different type of soup and brings it and we all share soup. That was really awesome, especially now because it's getting colder um, with the holidays and the season. So it can be a bring your own soup party. Something else I've done is a nacho party or a nacho night where you just cover the table with, with chips and toppings and dips. And let me tell you, everyone likes that. So that's really fun. Um, you could do brunch. I mean, the options are endless, but those are just a few examples of having some sort of dinner party. Um, many people like games. So if you and your circle of influence like games you could have games just a few other um block party you can have a cookout if if you want to meet your neighbors maybe you can arrange a block party on your street and kids can come out parents can come out you can do a meet and greet you can have games in your front yard or in your driveway um this has actually been really good over the past 18 months with covid um because as you all know, like we, we haven't really wanted to invite as many people in or people aren't willing to go out. So something outside where you can socially distance if people are still a little weary about that, this is an excellent opportunity. Um, you could even invite people into your house just for a moment. You can say, hey, we're, we're hanging out outside, but I have cookies in the kitchen if you want to come in for some cookies. And again, I just want to reemphasize the point of being intentional. So it's super fun to have all these types of get togethers and parties, but we want to keep the main thing, the main thing and keep in mind, how can I um, share the love of Christ with these people and look for opportunities to share God's love with them? Oh, and plan it with your small group. Maybe your church group or your small group wants to join you in this activity. That's really great because the more, the merrier, but really for you, fill in the blank what works for you. 
So here are some personal examples of mine that I have had. Um, two years ago, we'll start at the top here. I had a fall party. So I think I called it goodbye summer, hello fall. That was like the name of the party. And I had neighbors come over. I had new friends that I had met. We played seasonal bingo. So that was really fun. We had some fall themed foods. And you can see here um, people of different ages, different races, different nationalities. And yeah, the purpose was to build relationships with them and look for opportunities to love them well, to share God's love with them. Um, the Easter party, or I, so in internally, we called it a Matthew party. I mean, all these are Matthew parties, but I think I called it a spring party on the outside. Um, and so we were celebrating Easter. I think Easter was the very next weekend. So you, I mean, there was more people than what is just showed here, but this was so cool because we did get to share the Easter story with the people in attendance. Um, and so it was me and the small group I was a part of, and we invited non-believers that we knew. Some of them were neighbors, some were coworkers, some were just friends. And this this lady here, you can barely see it, but she actually had um, a, a cute little Easter presentation to show us that explained the meaning of Easter. And she had these Easter eggs and she had this story that she read and, and every Easter egg that she opened up, it had some sort of trinket in it that helped explain the Easter story. So that was really wonderful because we even asked people who were there, do you know why we celebrate Easter or what does Easter mean to you? And a good amount of them didn't know. They literally had no idea. So we had the opportunity to tell them why this holiday is so important to us and why it changed everything for humanity. Uh, last month, my husband and I, we had a chili party at our house. This was really, really exciting. So um, we're a part of a, a mentorship program um, with a local university. And so we have a few international students that we're building relationships with. And so uh, we invited some of the international students over. We have a couple friends that are from India and we, um, we got to make them chili and none of them had had chili before. So we got to introduce this very traditional American beloved fall meal with them and they really enjoyed that and and we got to invite them into our home um share god's love with them just through hospitality and friendship and what i've learned specifically with hindus is that um not to say that you can't share the gospel with them right off the bat but relationship building with this um with people who claim hindu as their primary religion is very 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 important they don't want to feel like um, you're just trying to win them over to your religion or your type of thinking. And so something like this was really fun and just a really, really good opportunity can, to continue to cultivate that type of friendship. Um, I have a friend right here. Her name is Melissa. She's very involved in the, Indu, uh, in the Indian slash Hindu community where we live. And uh, our friend right here, she did some henna on her hand. And so that was a really just great way to bridge the gap between these two different cultures. And so that was really fun. So just an example, an idea for you all, if that sounds like something that would interest you and something that you're interested in doing, those are just a few ideas. So finally, what are some potential obstacles that you might encounter in hosting your own party? Well, you could say, I don't really know any non-believers. Okay, if you don't know any non-believers, 
then what you need to go, what you need to do is go meet some, um, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your house, um, get out of wherever you are that puts you in a place where you don't know anyone who doesn't know Christ because we're here on this earth to share the gospel and make disciples. So there's an acronym fish F I S H. So you could say go fishing, like Jesus said, um, to be fishers of men. And so fish F I S H stands for find interest, share and help. So you want to find people first, that could be the grocery store, that could literally be your next door neighbors. Um, maybe it's extended family members that you've lost touch with, begin praying for them and reaching out with, reaching out to them. Um, you wanna create interest in the relationship. So find some common ground, begin a conversation, look for opportunities to share the good news with them. And as I mentioned earlier, look for ways that you can tangibly help them um, if they say anything that they need help with. You can use an Operation Andrew list. Again, think of friends, family members, even coworkers. I don't know if you actually know your coworkers or not. If you don't know them, maybe this is a good opportunity for you to bridge that gap and go over to the cubicle or, or stay on a, a Zoom meeting a little bit longer to get to know your coworkers. Or if you're a regular somewhere, you can start up a, a more intentional conversation. So maybe give yourself like five weeks to meet people and cultivate a relationship. It really doesn't take much longer than that. Um, with me and my friend, we would go to parks, we would go to grocery stores, start up conversations with people. And you know what? Some of those conversations didn't really lead anywhere and people weren't interested in talking and that's fine, but many people were. So don't be afraid to kind of put yourself out there a little bit and find new people. If you think that you're limited on time, then I would invite you to um, invite others to join you just in your everyday life. So if you happen to go out to eat every Sunday after church or really anytime, invite people to come with you, or maybe you can double date or triple date with another couple. Um, if there's a volunteer or service opportunity in your community that you're really involved in, that could be a good opportunity to invite Christians and non-Christians into this service opportunity with you. And you can explain maybe why you're involved in this. Um, if you are an introvert, I just want you to know that that is okay. Nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with being an introvert. And if everything I'm sharing about parties, inviting people over and meeting people, if, if you're sweating right now, um, I need you to stop because that's okay. You don't need to be an extrovert. You don't need to be a big people person to do something like this. Um, but just remember what God said. He did say to share the gospel and make disciples. That is a mandate for all of us, not just for people who work at a ministry organization or people that work in a church or pastors. It is for everyone. So if, if you are not as outgoing as some people, what I would say for you is just start with people that you already know. Don't feel like you have to go out and meet brand new people if that's super intimidating or if, if that makes you really nervous, you don't have to do that. In fact, you could even keep your Matthew party small. It could be um, three on three or two on four, like two Christians, four non-believers or three Christians, three non-Christians. Um, so it doesn't have to be this big thing, but just start, start with who you know, where you are, and just start with being intentional. Or even you can invite extra extroverted people along to help you carry that load of hosting or entertaining or, uh, you know, just maybe being the life of the party or more social. Um, if you do better one-on-one -on -one conversations with people, that's fine too. So don't feel like you have to 
necessarily get out of your, I don't want to say don't get out of your comfort zone because sometimes we need to get out of our comfort zone to do what God has called us to do. But I don't want you to think that just because you're introverted, this doesn't apply to you. So some other obstacles you might think are, I don't have the gift of hospitality, or I don't have a conducive space to actually host people in my home, or whatever the case may be. There's always going to be something. There can always be some sort of excuse, and I don't want people to get stuck in the excuses for why they um, can't, can't do something like this. Maybe you're challenged right now. Maybe you've never done something like this before, but you're interested in doing it. So I'm just giving you some ideas and helping you overcome some obstacles that you might be thinking right now, or, or maybe something else that I haven't thought of at all. Um, you could have a dinner party at a restaurant. You could gather at a park. That's a really easy way. I know it's starting to get colder, um, in a lot of the United States, but maybe you live in a really warm place where it's conducive to be outside most of the year. So that is certainly an option. Um, if your church has social events or some sort of function that they would be interested in going to, that's another great opportunity. If there's a public event, like a fair or a farmer's market or outdoor music, and that's something that you like to do, and maybe your friends and family and coworkers might like to do, then invite them along. It doesn't have to be um, as structured in someone's home at this time with this type of food. You can just go out and do something, but again, be intentional with um, the relationships and as you're interacting with your fellow believers, but also having those conversations with non-believers. So as I've been saying the whole time, the main point is we wanna keep this intentional. So we covered what is a Matthew party and the goal and obstacles and ways to be intentional. So now you're gonna have some time in your breakout rooms to discuss two things. So which hosting idea, whether I listed or not, most interests you and those around you? And secondly, which obstacle do you most resonate with? And what steps do you plan to incorporate in order to overcome that? So I'll go back here just very briefly to cover the ideas. So you can write these down or maybe write down what most resonates with you. And then these are the potential obstacles. So you are gonna see a pop-up on your screen in just a few seconds and you'll have five minutes to discuss this in your breakout rooms. There'll be a few people in each room and we will meet you back here in just about five minutes. Hope that was a good time of chatting in your groups about what you were challenged in, what you're interested in doing. Does anyone have any questions? Um, I'm sorry that I was breaking up a little bit there. And if you miss any information, if there is anything that I started to say that I, I didn't really cover, go ahead and ask me now. Or if you have any other questions regarding Matthew parties, I would love to hear um, any insights and thoughts that you have. Or if you think of any questions later, of course, you're always welcome to email me at allison.carr at icworld.org. But I hope you all enjoyed hearing about Matthew parties. If you don't mind putting in the chat right now, let me know um, if you have or haven't heard of this before, whether or not you call it a Matthew party, maybe call it a Jesus party or something else, but um, a sort of intentional party like this that I described. Let me know if you have ever done something like that before. Um, I would love to hear 
you guys experience with this. Maybe you've done it before, or maybe this is brand new to you. But like I said, this is something that I've done several times. It's really fun, really exciting, just a great way to build relationships with people and get to know people on a different level, or maybe, um, uh, um, like I've said, transition a simple conversation or even a simple relationship into something a little bit more spiritual and go deeper with people in your life. So happy that you guys were on here tonight and got to learn more about the Matthew party. We have a training again in two weeks from tonight on November 18th. We have Daisy Maxey. She is one of our mobilization strategists and is our prayer coordinator at International Commission. She's going to be presenting on how to defend your faith. So this will be an apologetics training, um, which is really exciting. I hope that doesn't sound boring to you because apologetics is really interesting to learn about. If you were on with us a few weeks ago, we did how to answer hard questions of the faith, which was great. This is a little bit different because this is more specific to actually defending your faith using historical evidences um, and many other things that Daisy knows a lot about that I can't wait to be a part of myself. So if you want to register for that, it's available on our website now under training. So again, that's two weeks from tonight, how to defend your faith. So you have now been equipped and enabled on how to host your very own Matthew party. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Um, we do a giveaway at the end of every e, e training. And so the winner for tonight's giveaway is Donna Wright. Congratulations, Donna. And I'm actually really excited. You are going to be receiving this book. It's called Sharing Jesus Without Freaking Out. This is a good book. I've actually read it myself. Sharing Jesus Without Freaking Out um very applicable congratulations donna i'll get that in the mail to you in the next couple of days but thanks for joining us tonight let me go ahead and pray this out jesus thank you for another day of life and thank you for everyone that attended tonight and i pray that you would work in their hearts to continue to cultivate relationships with those around them who do not yet know you i pray that um, them and other believers in their life would grow a heart and passion for the loss and that they would seek out opportunities to grow that relationship and disciple people toward you and discipleship doesn't have to happen after someone knows you but it is truly a um, leading someone closer toward having a relationship with you and so i pray that um, people on here would grow in their faith by hosting one of these Matthew parties with intentionality and that they would have a wonderful time doing it. And I pray that they were blessed by this training. And we thank you again, Jesus, for all of this. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. So thank you all again for joining. You've been equipped and enabled in how to host a Matthew party. And I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your evening. Thank you.